0: all right thank you for thanks for coming out man yeah thanks for having me yeah episode episode five and this is i've never actually even said the name of the podcast on any of the episodes Oh really? the name's gray space podcast but it's my <laughs> first time announcing it if anyone didn't know that um but how you doing good good yeah stoked to be here you just and you just got back from a trip with Jaron and charlie who i've had earlier yeah on. did you have fun
1: yeah, it was fun. Um I got to swim during like the private sessions and then got to uh shoot from land during some of the publics and everything, but got some cool shots and clips. It's a crazy place.
0: Yeah, it seems like a, a sick experience to be able to like do. That's yeah. cool that they let you like actually shoot and stuff too and get in the water.
1: Yeah, they didn't let me swim out during the public sessions, which I was kind of bummed about. Yeah. But uh it was still pretty cool. It's crazy how it's all concrete underneath.
0: Oh, it's concrete. Yeah. Oh, I would have thought it would have been like a like a rubber covering or something. They have
1: like little rubber like sealing things along it, but it's mostly concrete. Like oh, I tore, wow. I tore my wetsuit a little bit. Really? <laughs> against like the grain of the concrete. Oh my god! And like Jaron got scratched up. Like everybody was getting like banged up.
0: How deep is it in in it?
1: Where I was, it's like like right, probably below my hips. Oh, like, so it's not deep at all. No, no.
0: Oh, wow. there's
1: deeper sections closer to the wall, and so if you're like around there, it can get like like stomach level, but it's pretty shallow.
0: Still, that's not even deep. What? Yeah, especially if we're doing like airs and stuff. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. you would think it'd be deeper. Yeah, for sure. Huh? But, interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have you on because you, I frequently tell people you're the most creative person I know. <laughs> um, like truly, I really, I really think you have just a very great creative brain and like you use it very well for your business and for personal work and um what i wanted to get into first is i would like you to explain what it is you do on a professional level
1: yeah so
0: because i think it's a very very unique niche it is yeah
1: um so i'm a uh, professional stop motion animator uh and all stop motion is is basically a ton of photos stitched together and then it just becomes all animated But yeah, so I do that. I also do um, some 3D animation, but it's mostly just all animation work. So um, yeah, that's basically what I do.
0: Yeah, and I've actually had the pleasure of working with you for a little bit in the past and like getting to actually help on projects and see the behind the scenes. And it's pretty crazy all that goes into it. And since it is such a unique thing and... Not many people even understand what it is or even know what it's going on. Like they'll see it on commercials, but they think it's just like a video. Yeah. And they don't really kind of process. And that's kind of the beauty of it. But how and why did you get into that?
1: So back in senior year of high school, so like 2013, I wasn't really planning. You know, you have all your college plans kind of figured out by senior year of high school. And I figured that I wouldn't be a successful artist. Like I thought I was just average at best. And so I was on Vine. That's back when that was huge, like the, <laughs> yeah. before TikTok. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was on Vine and I saw this animator. He made this video of this drawing moving around. And kind of when I saw it animating, I saw the erase marks. And then I didn't realize that's what, like, stop motion was, was kind of frame by frame. Like, so he was, like, drawing, like, each picture, like, over and over again to make it animated. And so once I realized that's what it was, and I was kind of fascinated by photography at the time, too, and I love drawing. So I was just like, okay, let's combine the two. So I yeah. started doing these little illustrated animations and just really simple. I look back at them now and they look horrible. But... uh <laughs> Yeah, so I started doing that. And next thing you know, I was making like three animations a day. My parents didn't know about it. Nobody knew what I was doing, (laughs) except for some friends at school who saw it like on Vine or something. But uh, yeah, I kind of kept it a secret from my parents because I didn't want to come across as like a weirdo uh, (laughs) spending this much time on like something just for like to share on social media. So yeah, that's kind of what happened. And then it just kind of became... A full-time thing
0: yeah and you because you entered a contest <clears throat> was it in college that you entered or again you won you won the, oh, the film yeah. festival right
1: yeah it was the tribeca film festival it's a pretty um big festival up in new york city and it's like a lot of small f- filmmakers something big too it's a very kind of prestigious event and they had a like online category and i ended up getting the audience award where like people voted and they picked like my little animation that I did of like a guy coming out of a pepper shaker or something (laughs) like it it is is a funny thing but it got some it got definitely got some attention uh from companies and also even just like the little local press around here in Jacksonville um including like my college and everything so it was a cool yeah it was a cool I I'm sure
0: yeah that that's always fun to be recognized by people who aren't your peers or like your family yeah you know be recognized by an audience who, who doesn't even know you personally but just re- is recognizing you for your work i feel like that's a very rewarding thing
1: yeah i kind of just took yeah exactly you kind of get the honest opinion essentially, right instead yeah. of someone just telling you like everything's great yeah um and also just to have especially from like a a big city like New York City to get like a kind of like approval right. from them. It's cool. A place yeah.
0: that could be considered like the art capital of the country. Yeah, I mean,
1: basically New York and Los Angeles and maybe Chicago and Miami. Yeah. those but are like It's the, kind of like you yeah, have the main ones. Those really. are the big ones. Yeah.
0: Was that a term? So before you enter that contest, was it just for fun making these animations? Yeah. Or would you say everything
1: like- was... Yes, yeah. I would say everything was for fun leading up to that. It wasn't... I wouldn't say it was necessarily the turning point uh, for my career, but um, I ended up getting reached out to by uh, Coca-Cola, which kind of, like, led me.
0: From that contest?
1: I wouldn't say from the contest. I think they just came across my work, because I was Uh, cranking out... I literally was cranking out animations day after day after day after day. Like, I was... And, you know, usually the more you put your work out there and, you know, if there's, I guess, commercial interest in it, then yeah. you'll get reached out. They find it. But, yeah.
0: So, the the contest probably, like, was a big confidence booster, allowed, yeah. gave you that, like, desire to, like, do more. And then companies came to you? Yeah. So, you didn't even have to reach out to a company in the beginning?
1: No. Yeah. No. That, that, that's <laughs> the part that,
0: like, people don't understand or, like, might not get is so crazy because... I mean, that's te- you're technically a freelance artist. Correct. Right. Wouldn't you that yeah. that's who you consider yourself. Yeah. And to be a freelance artist, it is a grind and like having to reach out to people like if you can get to the point where people are just coming to you, that is like the dream. And like, fortunately, you've been able to have that what it seems like from the start.
1: Yeah, that's been the biggest blessing because I do see artists struggle a lot with that because it's hard. It's hard to reach yeah. out to Companies And I've even done it, like, if I see a company that I really want to work with, then I will reach out to them. And, you know, even I will get ignored, too. Like, even even though I'm getting reached out, it's like, you know, uh, you just got to be able to produce the value for them, I guess. But, um, yeah, fortunately, from the get-go, I would say starting at Coca-Cola, I did get reached out to by other large companies before then and they all fell through so it was kind of i was seeing something building yeah because i got i think I, it was Lowe's. i got reached out to by Lowe's to do commercial like for a campaign for like i don't i don't remember the campaign i think it was for christmas and they picked someone else but i started to see like a interest evolve, like kind of coming forth
0: <laughs> right like like you started to see that there was a market for this type of thing. Is that like when you were like, Oh, I should turn this into a business.
1: It's funny. Like I kind of, it kind of just became like, I never had the mindset of making it a business. Like I was still going to school. I was just like, I was planning on going to school for engineering. (laughs) and uh, (laughs) So that's a, it (laughs) took a sharp turn there. Yeah. Um, But I was still continuing with school. I didn't think there was going to be enough demand for it. Because I just didn't, I don't know, like I just didn't think. (laughs) It was just (laughs) kind of for fun. Like
0: it was was purely just something you enjoyed to do.
1: Yeah, which I think is the best way to go about something. If you're like completely enjoying it, then then it turns into a business. It's just like the most amazing thing like ever.
0: So it just kind of like evolved into this business without you even realizing it. Yeah,
1: basically. So I got reached out to uh by coca-cola i ran a tv ad for them i didn't realize how much they would use it they used it all over network tv and, oh my gosh yeah it was all over <laughs> people were texting me saying that they saw like my face like they had my face was in it and i did some animation work in it and then so it kind of ran its course and then while that was all airing i was getting like money that was like allowing me to because i was working at Publix at the time Oh, I was a okay. bag boy at Publix while all this is going down. <laughs> while you're
0: also having work like yeah. on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I was a bag boy at Publix, and and then um, and I loved like the little stable income I had going, so I wasn't going to quit anytime soon. But then the Coke ad like brought in like constant income throughout the whole entire year, and then they moved it from TV to movie theaters. So played in movie theaters for like a few months no way yeah so like before all the movies and everything
0: and how old were you when this was happening
1: oh man I think I was I was either 18 or 19 holy 19 I was 19 yeah
0: (laughs) that's just crazy yeah so like do you is it so cool to like look back and be like that was such a blessing
1: yes yeah like I'm so thankful for it especially because during that year also I got randomly reached out to by an agency where i moved up to new york they just randomly reached out to me like hey you want to work for us so i was like okay and so i lived up in new york for like the summer basically and met some amazing people and a lot of them i'm still in contact with today and they all work like elsewhere in other agencies and stuff yeah. so i formed some like good connections so that kind of led me to quitting Publix, and so once i came back from new york i was like well might as well I had like the funds to kind of be able to start pursuing it full time.
0: That's so crazy to go from bag boy at Publix, (laughs) doing it for fun to then being called, then having New York call you and say, hey, we want to bring you up here for the summer. That's a huge shift.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's been a wild ride. That's for sure. For the past, I guess it's been eight years since I've started
0: now. Wow. Yeah. So you're the only one who is in this business like it's just you you don't have any other employees like you don't have any bosses Mm -hmm. or anything how do you balance your time since you are the boss you don't have someone over you how do you balance like your scheduling like your life outside of work how do you stay motivated to do a project to like stick with it for a certain amount of time
1: that's yeah that's a great question um i recently i'd say over the past two years i've really restricted my email like i don't spend too much time on that i will usually answer like only in the morning and late afternoon because if like if i'm on my email all day it just not productive at all um but yeah i i'm a morning person so i like to get i like to shoot like all the animations in the morning whether that means me waking up at 5 a.m and getting started um I really like to have the afternoons free, um, whether it's to go shoot out in the ocean or whatever, um, be able to hang out with people. But fortunately with the job, it gives me honestly a lot of flexibility with my schedule in general, um, because I'm not really their employee or anything. So, and they know that I have other clients and everything. So, um, but yeah, it's not too difficult i think the hard part is kind of promoting your own business by like me creating like my own personal work having time to create my own personal stuff right because that's that's where it gets tricky i would say and that's where i just have to be very disciplined and being like i am gonna set time for my personal work no brand stuff
0: like right um, because you can't like on social media some of the contracts you have you can't put their stuff on your social media mm -hmm. But you need to promote your talents constantly, especially with how social media is nowadays. You need to constantly be putting yourself out there. And I feel like that would be a struggle when like you spend hours working on a a job that you know is making you money and then like to be like, oh, I got to go do something similar with like a personal job, even though like I just did this all day.
1: Yeah, the commercial work can definitely it just takes a lot of mental energy so it's just that mental energy like bank in your head that it just like absorbs like all of it yeah so then you have the personal work and then you're like trying to allocate some mental energy for that too so uh it can be tricky um but i try to make it as like seamless as possible by like planning the day before i shoot and um I also have kind of like a rule with myself to try to come up with like one concept a day so that I'm not trying to like on the last minute, try to come up with ideas for like my personal work or even commercial. Um, I have like notebooks like filled with like old ideas going back to like, I don't know, like in like the end of 2019 and and I'll go back to those books today. And like if a client wants an idea, sometimes I'll just go back to that book and just pull out an oh, idea. Wow. <laughs> but like now I have like hundreds of ideas in these notebooks that I can just kind of fall back on. Yeah. So it kind of takes away the stress element a little bit.
0: Well, and your point about the, the mental exertion that it takes to do this type of job is is so true because just in the time that I did it with you, it's like you're trying to solve a puzzle that there's no final picture of. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're having to figure out what pieces are gonna work to create something because it's not simple thing. Like you have to recreate stuff. I mean we spent time going to Hobby Lobby and yeah. Home Deep and like <laughs> get buying random supplies to create objects and to then create motion to create a scene that you wouldn't think of and was made from things that like wouldn't really expect and that does take like a toll on you mentally and it was interesting watching you work on it and it was fun to just literally watch your wheels turn and like figure out how you're going to get to the final step
1: yeah it it's funny with stop motion you can plan as far ahead as you want but the minute you go into the shoot there's always a problem that will arise uh it's a It's a frustrating thing, but also keeps the job interesting um, because you're always learning just new stuff. Um, I think I've learned the most from these commercial jobs because they tend to be pretty demanding with what they want. And so it kind of forces you to have to like learn things and stuff. But um, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so speaking of the commercial projects, what would you say? Has there been one that stuck out in the past that was like your hardest, like the most difficult to give? Get through.
1: I. That's a good one. Uh, that's a good question. There's multiple ones. I. I would say when I did work with Lowe's, back in I think it was like around 2016 or so. Uh, it was shot. We I got flown up to New York um, by a production company and. They brought like two other stop motion animators up there to work on other videos at the same time, and basically we were working on these animations with the client behind us, watching us the whole time while we filmed. Ooh. Yeah, it was. Um, and you know, it's New Yorkers; they're honest. <laughs> they're yeah, going to yeah. be honest, like with like. It's like it was a big agency, and um, so that was uh, difficult because we went into like two in the morning i believe or three in the morning filming uh from starting at like i would say like around like six or so and we went all the way to like three in the morning straight like just constantly working um but especially because you had to get approval with the the clients at the same time and then you had a full crew of people there's lighting people there's um directors well i guess i was a director but uh yeah i was a director but uh but then just assistants and stuff so you're directing like a ton of people and i was like 20 at the time and all i knew how to use was a iphone i think (laughs) and then they pull out a red camera i'm like oh my god (laughs) yeah no they really did pull out a red camera you went
0: from zero to a hundred yeah fast
1: and I was like, yeah, I don't know how to work this, but fortunately they have a technician like on set that works it all. So you don't even have to touch the camera.
0: There's, they're, they're difficult cameras to work. I've used yeah. one once and it was the Komodo, which isn't okay. even that, the, it's like the small one. It's not even that complicated, yeah. but they're, they're a pain. They're not like a yeah. very, like just turn on, take picture. Like they're, they're hard to use. Yeah. That would, I feel like almost work having a crew of people would almost be more difficult. Especially with something like this where it's so like visionary based and creative and you have a vision of how you want it to go and you have an idea of how it should be and then to try and communicate that to other people sometimes can be extremely difficult.
1: Yeah, but the good thing about it is that you're it's a lot of teamwork and like I grew up like playing sports on teams and stuff like that and I love the whole teamwork aspect of it um because i'm used to just working kind of alone you know you're figuring everything like everything falls on you so like having that support and that team to kind of like lift you up and get the basically just make the vision come to life um it's pretty Uh, cool like at the end of the day you're like all right like everybody's happy right everybody's like stoked and it's a it's definitely still cool i i think the studio shoots have still been my favorite even though they tend to be the hardest it's like it's just cool interacting um, with all these different positions with lighting and everything, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's definitely a big change from doing it, like, in your home and, like, just setting everything up versus, like, having a staff of, like, It's people. crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, yeah, some of them, I had one studio job where they're just, like, here's the equipment list, like, that the studio offers. They're, like, just pick from whatever, and there's, like, $50,000 cameras. There's, like crazy expensive lighting and like everything and they're just like select whatever you need and that is just like the craziest uh thing
0: and it's wild because to make the even the stop motion videos that you make for like these commercial clients you don't even need that much gear or that expensive of gear truthfully because it's it's not a complicated process it's just there's a lot of steps that have to go in it and that was like really surprising to me i was like oh wow like it's not the hardest thing i mean it's difficult but you don't need, like, thousands and $50,000 no. worth of gear, which was, like, really cool to see.
1: Yeah, I'm a pretty, like, big believer in, like, not spending, it like, a ton of money on gear. Um, I Because I just always believe. Like, I, I started out on an iPhone and, like, a yeah. little tiny, like, tripod, and it launched into a career. And I know that stop motion is unique, and it, you know, it differs with, like, different creative fields, but... Um yeah, like I still I still use like the cheapest lenses and stuff. (laughs) Like I still like I don't know, it's just something about it that I like, but uh because the quality is just it's still good. So I'm like, why not? Like it gets the job done. Yeah. I don't get any complaints or anything like that. Everybody's stoked, so saves you money. Yeah, saves me money. But yeah, I have people that will visit the studio space and they're like, Oh, this is it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's it. And it's so it's cool. It's uh, it's cool how it's just like you need just a few things and you can just make something just really cool. Like yeah. Cool animation.
0: That is this like, I feel like that's like the power of photography is you don't need a lot to create something like amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I love those. I'm sure you've seen them. Those videos of people on Instagram, where they'll have like the before picture and it's like this crazy picture and like what they use is like a water bottle around the lens or something oh, yeah, create yeah, like yeah. a certain flare it's just like it's so amazing to see what people can do when they don't even have like that much many resources like and it's it's awesome
1: yeah it's really just comes down to the creative concept yeah. really like that's it's like the, that's really like what I get hired for, for the most part, is the concepts. So interesting. Wow. Yeah, I would say obviously stop motion is still a huge part, but um, a lot of the time with my jobs, I'm coming up with the ideas. Uh, I would say like 20 percent of the jobs, they already have the concepts, but most of the time i'm coming up with all the ideas so
0: now do you you have a process of coming up because usually you have to come up with like quite a few right for like like six or something like
1: yeah so like at one point it was crazy it was 2019 like around the summertime i had i think four big three big clients i it was apple it was apple coachella and then um a makeup company like benefit cosmetics one wanted 14 videos the other uh coachella wanted 11 apple wanted like three but then they wanted behind the scenes too so i wow. had to come up with around like 40 concepts or something over that period of time just oh. for that because they like to have options usually right. and so like i try to provide as many as possible so during that period i literally came up with like 40 or 40 to 50 concepts within like two weeks
0: <laughs> and is that something like you do you just sit down and just isolate yourself and just kind of like grind them out or do you like find inspiration like from other things like where do you where do you get the ideas from
1: so i find a lot of my ideas just come a lot of my work is kind of based on just like common household items or food or something like that um My inspiration definitely comes around just kind of just the world around me. Um, I don't look at other artists' work for inspiration. I'm sure I've been inspired some, like, without me realizing it. Yeah. But, like, I don't look at other people's artwork or anything because I actually can't come up with ideas when I look at other people's artwork. Um, But so I avoid that. Um, That helps me just kind of stay focused. Um, And then, yeah, like, I just get in a quiet space and... I just see how it goes. If they aren't really coming to me, then I'll just take a break and maybe go at it the next day. And then some days they'll be like, I'm just coming up with ideas like left and right. Yeah. And it's like crazy. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I can come up with like 15 concepts in one day or something and like legitimate ones that I can pitch. And then other days they'll just be like, I can only come up, come up with like two or something like
0: that. Isn't that crazy how the mind, it's like sometimes yeah. it just like fires off and you're just like, grab me a pen and paper. And then other days you're like, I have nothing. Yeah. I have nothing.
1: No, yeah, that's why, like, I'm kind of mental about, like, nutrition with that. Like, anything, like, food that's good for the brain, I'm like, (laughs) I, like, eat a ton of blueberries and stuff like that. Like, all that stuff that's, like, really good for, like, the brain and getting sleep. Sleep is the sleep is key you saw me when i was tired that one time and i was messing up left and right yes that was yeah. and i
0: had never seen you mess yeah. up before that i made was stupid wild. yeah i
1: made stupid mistakes like, i think i
0: noticed something before you yeah you're yeah. like oh crap and yeah, I yeah. Like, what
1: i made like four like four like amateur mistakes and that was just because i only got like five hours of sleep or not even yeah like, i think it might be even before. less than that yeah it was i don't even know why but yeah
0: yeah <laughs> But, yeah, sleep, it's its something that I have become a lot more, like, aware of and how important it is because, I, like, I, I just feel crappy if I don't have good sleep. Yeah. It's, like, and especially because, yeah. and I'm sure this happens to you because you do a lot of, like, early morning surf photography shoots, which is something I want to get into also. Um, and that's kind of how, that's how we met, actually, was through surf photography, probably two years ago, maybe yeah. a year and a half, something like that. Um, but let's talk about that. How did you get into photography in that sense?
1: Cause it's completely different. Yeah, it is very different. Um, yeah. So what was kind of bugging me was that I was stuck inside all day and like, I felt like I just wasn't being healthy. And so I really, and photography was kind of boring me. I wasn't into portrait photography or anything like that. Um, so I kind of just wanted something to get, like, different from stop motion, essentially. And then I ran across Clark Little's work on Insta- yeah, Instagram and, like, saw his, like, shore break photography, which is insane. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay. And then I saw, like, his setup. And then I just happened to have, like, the finances at the time to just go all in. And I've, like, I grew up going to the beach and everything. I'm from Jacksonville. So I grew up going to the beach and I always love like swimming in the ocean and like body surfing the waves and all that. So and I was like, I'm like, OK, I'm a strong swimmer. I'm like, I know photography. Let's just combine the two. And so, yeah, I ended up um, I just went all in, bought a new camera, new water housing, everything. And then I went swimming by myself in the middle of winter, 30 degrees out. wasn't wearing any of the proper gear like i didn't know anything like because i don't surf so which always surprises people um (laughs) but uh yeah like i don't surf so i didn't know any of the proper gear or anything so like my i wasn't wearing booties so my feet were just like absolutely frozen brutal i was like running i had my feet up to like the heater in my car and everything like
0: yeah (laughs) oh i've been there but
1: yeah i was hooked though on that first day like I still like I still remember going out like I I was so hooked but I didn't plan on photographing surfers and then it kind of just escalated into
0: well and you you kind of built a pretty big brand around yourself as one of the key surf photographers here in Jacksonville you know like you uh, when you say like you have a, like a lot of people know you kind of as like oh he's a he's a surfer like wave photographer here in Jack's
1: yeah I think that was the beauty with the stop motions that it opened up my schedule. So I was able to just be out there all the right, time. Right, Anytime there was a swell, I would be out there. Uh, so I think that's just how... Because I think at the time, it was really like Connor Cornell. Um He was Logan. like the main. Yeah, yeah, Logan. Uh, but there really wasn't as many guys as
0: there is now, I'd say. Well, I'd say it's a... Then it was more of a niche thing also because... Mm you had to have a nice camera and you had to have an expensive water housing and those weren't as common. So like there were a few things you had to like get that were very like activity specific. So there wasn't a lot of people that would do it. Um, That's interesting. You like have done two very niche things in a creative space. You know, like a lot of people like do like photography. A lot of people make like videos, but like you did, unique parts of each of those yeah
1: yeah i don't know why isn't it yeah yeah, i've always wondered why i got like drawn to both these things i never thought i'd be doing stop motion in high school i never thought i'd be doing surf photography either uh and who knows what's next but uh, (laughs) yeah like it's yeah it's cool i it's cool uh how the mind works and everything
0: with that well so since you do both do you think one translates to another do you think they help each other out at all like do you do you think about things differently when doing both of them
1: yeah i think they i think they kind of coincide like really nicely Uh, because i am i've always loved nature and i think i've always i think it's a huge inspiration it's just nature i think it's so important just get outside and just you know observe your surroundings um and i think being out in the ocean in some ways i don't know how but i just always feel like i'm refreshed ready to go like i'm thinking kind of like creatively differently with it so i think it just kind of gets switches my mind one way kind of lets my mind rest from the stop motion and then Mm. i can go stop motion and then it just kind of goes like vice versa and yeah
0: well that's that's interesting because so like you play golf now and and charlie plays golf and i asked him one time and He's like, obviously a great surfer and athlete. And I asked him, I was like, what's the deal with surfers playing golf? Like, why Why is that a thing? And he said he thinks it's, surfing is a very like high adrenaline, high action sport and golf is something that's very like chill and relax, and allows your mind kind of just like to relax. And so you have like the high intense, but then you can also go do something that relaxes you. So it's like the yin and yang, they're like balance each other out. And I would imagine that's kind of what these two like the stop motion photography would be like for you
1: yeah like it's a stop motion it's kind of like you're just it's it is it can be pretty calming like even though you're solving a ton of problems and stuff like you're kind of just sitting there then once you go out in the water you can go out and big surf and that's be, true that's, you can be that's like yeah, yeah you they can, can be can, tossed around and everything and yeah. it gets the adrenaline going but uh so they can go
0: back and forth actually yeah
1: yeah it's kind of yeah it's kind of similar uh with golf and surfing you know golf kind of stresses me out though too
0: <laughs> i've never been good at it it's uh a... it's
1: a big mental game I feel yeah. like it's i'm mentally like just
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it it
1: can i'm pretty bad
0: but <laughs> <laughs> um but so one thing that always interested me about your surf photography in particular when i found it on instagram is your editing style is very unique you definitely have like darker tones and colors to yours and it's more contrasted and very detail focused and i was wondering why is that like why do you edit that Why do you do you think about those shots in that way before you take them or is it just something the way that you like the way they look
1: i think sometimes i do sometimes i'm like oh i can edit this and make this like look like especially if there's like a, you know storm in the summer right like a cool storm coming through with like surf someone like doing an air i'm like oh man i can edit this to be like really like moody and cool a lot of time though like it's just i don't even really think about the editing i'm just like there to shoot get the shots and then see um i usually will think about the editing sometimes while i'm shooting if it's like uh sunrise or something like that where the colors are like pretty crazy Mm -hmm. um or like storms and all that Uh, rainbows like all that I'll sometimes think about editing but in general it's pretty uh, I kind of just shoot out there and see what I can get Um, and yeah yeah
0: yeah well and I I was curious because there's now there's quite a few photographers here in Jacksonville who are in the surf scene and I think I could pretty much tell you who took a shot just based on their editing style because I think all of us have like a different editing style. Mm-hmm. Some are obviously very more dramatic than others, AKA Adam King. Like yeah, I think yeah, anyone yeah. would know who his is. Yeah. Um, But I it always just makes me wonder, cause I wonder if like the edit style is a reflection of someone's personality, like why they do it the way they do. You know what I mean? Cause there's no right or wrong way of editing a picture. It's just some are very different.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of like, uh, cause like my stop motion work, it's very like bright, colorful. <laughs> like Yeah, it is. That's yeah. What I was to say it's very vibrant. Yeah. It's like very colorful. And I think I just love the contrast with the photography that I do and how I edit it, um, by kind of doing more neutral tones and not as saturated. Um, and like, I just have an appreciation for that side of it too. Um, so I guess I kind of like it all, but yeah, uh, no, it's cool. It's
0: cool that you are able to do two different like color palettes basically for those two bodies of work. And I I was wondering if, if you edit the pictures for the surf photography, because like for like the commercial work, let's say like, you kind of need to do it that way. Like you need to do it bright and vibrant and like you aren't able to create it like a dark and moody tone but like you can do that with your photography so it's like a chance to like do the art that way
1: yeah yeah no i honestly i do think that's what it is because i've gone with more neutral color palette with my animation work then the client will be like what the heck (laughs) we want colorful we want uh, your like colorful work i'm like oh man i'm sick of doing this colorful (laughs) like stuff but uh but yeah, so sometimes it's it's refreshing to be able to use those like colors and everything because um, I can't really use it with my work in general, like with commercials, because they all want the colorful right, and bright because it's, it's kind of my style. So and I and I still love doing it. Like I still love all the color. Um, but yeah, it's always nice to be able to get those neutrals in. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's cool when you can like you can freely like express like how you want to do it. And it's funny also. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like with Instagram, especially I'm super OCD. And so like I get really OCD about like the color on my page, like on my feed and like how it all lines up. And if you look at yours, yours is like perfect. Like everything is like, how, like, are you, are you OCD?
1: I used to be, I don't care as much now. I just think it happens to work out that way. Well, it
0: works out perfectly. <laughs> maybe it's just in my mind.
1: Uh, I'm una- yeah. Yeah, unaware that I'm OCD. But uh, <laughs> I do like I do l- like to have things looking right. So I think no, it's yeah. more just like just natural. I don't even notice it, that I'm doing right. it. But um, because, yeah, working with clients like all the time, you just become the most nitpicky. I'm sure. Because yeah. they, they'll pick out if you have one small flaw in your video especially with like big campaigns and stuff where they're putting a lot of money behind it. It's like, everything has to be like precise.
0: Well, I mean, I I definitely saw that when we would be working on some big stuff. You're like, Oh no, we need to like redo it because that corner or that like, whatever, like if it's not lined up right, it's done. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, it makes sense, but yeah, it's
1: because they like, Especially when there's chances that it'll be on like huge billboards. Yeah. Like where it's like you see everything in the video. Like it's not like watching it on your iPhone or anything uh, because the huge billboards are like massive. So, And, and
0: you've had work on big billboards in Times Square pretty recently, right?
1: Yeah. I've been in Times Square, I believe, four times now. Wow. Yeah. It's cool. And they've all the brands have been generous with putting my name on it too. At the same time. That's cool. That's really, yeah, it's so nice and cool. And yeah, I've noticed, I've have noticed a shift, uh, at least for me. And I've noticed it with other artists is that brands are starting to want artists names on things. Why is that? I think they like the messaging that comes across that they're supporting like a small artist or even just an artist in general. Uh, because people like that, like, it's pretty, like, right. kind of, like, supporting the little guy. Like, people uh, like people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just, like, when companies, like, will donate to charities and stuff. Or, like, they do, like, the ads, like, donating proceeds to this or whatever. Right. It's kind of, like, I feel like it's kind of the same idea. And um, it does
0: no negative harm to them. To no. To put on it. Yeah,
1: and it just adds... It also just kind of adds like a artistic kind of like creative value yeah. to it. Like it's like an artist signature. Like it's oh good. Po- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like,
0: like in a museum or something. Like yeah, yeah.
1: Because if like a painting doesn't have a signature, then it's like who painted this? Like it's like right. And then the worth isn't like really there. So
0: that is so interesting. I never yeah. thought about it that way.
1: Yeah. At least that's what I think. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But I. They, they have a lot of money and research and all right. that, so...
0: They, they're good at their job. Yeah,
1: they know. They have the resources to know every little thing about us,
0: so... Oh, my gosh, dude, after... Like, have you seen the Social Dilemma documentary? Yeah. I I watched it just, like... I know it's been out for a while, and I recently watched it, like, a month ago, and, whew, it's crazy.
1: It's heavy stuff. It's gotten... Yeah, it's definitely gotten way... Uh, Social media has gotten way worse now than what it was back in the day.
0: Well, that's what I was was about to ask you about that. Being someone that all all of your work, a lot of it is shown through social media and you have to devote a lot of time to social media to continue to grow your brand. Have you seen a shift in the way social media works?
1: It's very because everything used to be kind of chronological back in the day and it wasn't as. They didn't have AI like filtering through everything as much. Yeah. And so now it's all algorithm, all that AI driven. Um, So it's basically now I kind of just stopped caring because it's like whatever Instagram wants to feature. It's like because that's like how it is. Like sometimes a a piece like a piece that I create won't do well at all. And then the next one will just blow up. Even yeah. though it's like the same idea or something like right. that. It's like it's like impossible to predict. So it's just like you can just drive yourself crazy if you constantly think about it. So um Yeah. Because you have no control really. It's all just uh computers. That's like
0: Well, and I was talking with a uh, another photographer friend of mine who he has a pretty big profile like over thirty thousand followers on Instagram, which is pretty nice, pretty yeah. big for like a freelance artist um and he was saying nowadays it's pretty much like impossible to grow your instagram like organically like and even the past few months i noticed a shift from i would get like at least 800 likes on a picture or something right like yeah up to like 1200 and i was like stoked like it was really firing and now it like won't even go above like 300 and like they're the same quality pictures same type of content it's just like crazy it's yeah. so wild to like and luckily it happened like that shift happened at a time when i i too stopped like stressing about it yeah before like a year ago like that would have driven me crazy and it really would have bothered me but i kind of just realized it's not the end of the world it's not that big of a deal it doesn't really mean anything it's just numbers and it's just it's it's kind of comical now just to be like this is so yeah. ridiculous
1: it's yeah it is it's yeah it's just something you can't control at all it's <laughs> yeah. but um yeah it's funny how it all works yeah it's impossible it's, to understand it's ridiculous yeah, yeah like
0: i those uh like influencers on instagram like even talk about like how there's the ads on now like blocks content and it just like changes like everything like the way they post and now it's it's crazy yeah
1: like influencers are pretty like intense about all of it especially the ones over in like la and like they're mental about it but uh yeah it's fortunately i have i feel like i've noticed a shift in advertising where following isn't as big of a deal as as a creative artist obviously if you're like a socialite or whatever yeah it's a big deal but uh um but as an artist I've noticed like I have I know some other stop motion animators who only have like 3000 followers or something like that like not a lot and they're doing big commercial jobs everywhere. Yeah. So it's kind of like as long as you put your work out there and it's good and like brands see it then you're good to go.
0: Um And that's great like I think it should be that way. I think it should be more content based versus following based you know like yeah. versus just like how many likes they get it should be more based on like the quality of their work yeah
1: and brands I think it varies but at least with a lot of jobs I've done uh it tends to be more quality based than following base I do get I do get jobs every once in a while because of my following uh but and they don't value the quality as much it's it's it, Oh, you, you do get a few of those those used to be like a lot back in the like five years ago I, I used to get a lot of those um where you just create whatever and they're just like awesome wow just post about it or something huh. but uh yeah i do think there's more demand and quality because they're realizing either people are faking their followers or yeah. there's a lot of that um or they uh you know, they aren't getting as good engagement and stuff like that it's but yeah
0: yeah um well to end on a on a more uplifting note i i was wondering you've traveled to a bunch of really cool places like whether it's for like surf photography or just traveling in general and i was wondering what like your number one spot is that you've gone to and then also what is a bucket list location to take pictures let's say
1: yeah. Um so my favorite place uh is Norway. I think I've talked to my friends all about it like to death. Like I just loved it. Uh the people there, we stayed with surfers and everything and they were just super nice and the surf was like amazing. Longboard waves for half the trip. Uh shortboard waves, barrels and all that the second half so then you got the northern lights too yeah can't be that <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like secluded you kind of get that element of like camping sort of and it's nice and quiet like you can hear a pin drop outside at night like there's not a lot of like wildlife i guess because like i don't you don't hear a bug you don't hear like anything wow it's like the most quiet like all you hear is your footsteps oh my gosh yeah it's like that's you're, surreal you're not used to it here in florida because you hear like frogs and like yeah and it's like the craziest thing. So you have like the northern Northern Lights above you, while it's like super quiet. <laughs> and it's cold there too, which you actually like. Yeah, I you, like the cold water. Yeah, safe. you like
0: the cold water, which is crazy. But
1: hey, it's like an ice bath. It's oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: goodness! They do have orcas there, though.
1: They do. I was a little bit worried about them. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> that that would
0: be something that kind of would be in the back of my mind.
1: Yeah, because the only escape route, like when it was big and barreling. Uh, it's either you swim to the rocks and hope you don't get crushed by a wave against them, or you have to swim like half a mile in or something like that to the shore, like the wow. sand shore. It's way quicker to go on the rocks, but it's more, it's like, Ooh, pick your poison. Yeah. I think I decided to swim the half mile and, cause it, the waves were like kind of big and like, it was so shallow. Oh man. So, uh, but I swam the half mile and it was horrible, but, uh, <laughs> it was rough, but, um, yeah i think a bucket list place i wanted to go to australia mm. i kind of wanted to go to noosa for the longboard contest that happened before corona well i guess corona was starting to happen and then uh the wsl still did that event and then everything got canceled after that but um i want to go there the longboarding looks pretty sick that would
0: be, yeah it looks like a beautiful place
1: but that or uh yeah we and then i've been talking about the aleutian islands too <laughs> oh my
0: gosh dude you and me but that would be so so wild because it's such a rugged and just absurd place yeah but it's like part of the u.s
1: i know that's that's the beauty of it yeah you don't, it's insane <laughs> you don't have to worry about any kind of weird closures or anything like right. that here it's like you can just stay in the u.s uh and travel and yeah i'm hoping to shoot there hopefully in the fall we'll oh really see. we'll see i don't know um see how everything goes but um but yeah
0: i think that's hopefully will be the next place that would be awesome yeah but australia uh, that's that's a that would be a cool place to go yeah see some kangaroos yeah some kangaroos <laughs> that would be cool the people
1: seem cool there too they seem so cool i know they seem oh my gosh well i met i met some guys uh during the WSL tour, uh, the longboard tour, I met, like, those events were so fun to go to because I got to meet, like, I photographed, like, all the world's best yeah longboarders. And from Australia, Hawaii, Brazil, uh, I think there was a Japan, ja- yeah, Japanese, uh, yeah. So you just, like, so met cool. people from, like, all over and... And yeah, like I still keep in contact with some of them and everything. And it's just cool. It was the best. That was like the best shooting ever. Because after the longboard event, uh, they had a shortboarding event where like all the guys trying to make tour were competing. So it was all like best like shortboarders too that like pulled up and you're just like shooting out there, just going left and right, like photographing everybody coming at you. That's amazing. Yeah, but it's pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you've had a very interesting very unique career (laughs) and uh thank you so much for talking about it here yeah thanks for having me yeah of course yeah